Hello and welcome to Down the Slope. Once again, I'm Ewan. I'm joined by a freshly bald Greg and a fresh out the shower soaking wet Harry. So, uh, thank God. Yes! <laughs> Hibs won, boys. And would we say that's the most complete 90 minutes that we've seen from this team in the league this season? Aye. Yep, would agree. Comfortably. Can, when you factor in the sort of opposition yep, stuff like that, I think you could. I think what well, we maybe up there with the Hamilton away game that was pretty solid. I mean, uh, but in terms of ninety minutes total control of the game against uh, a so-called big team, I, I know we we've obviously spoke about it a lot. Um, what what was the key the key sort of I was, I was going to say differences, but we were good against St. Man and Dundee United. But what were the key highlights for you guys from from the weekend, Harry? We'll start with you. Well, the thing is, for me, I think the thing that we need to really give credit for is the fact that Jack Ross has completely jiggled up the team because at the turn of the year, it really wasn't working. And even though he was like, I don't mind the manager sticking to something if he thinks it's going to work, but it clearly didn't. And um, he's changed to this formation where we're not really sure where about four of the players are actually playing, but it seems to be working really well. Um, the main thing for me in that game, Jackson Irving, Alex Gogic, Papa, just dominated the midfield and when was the last time even when we beat them 3-0 last year we didn't dominate in the midfield like it just doesn't happen for us against Aberdeen the fact we've done it with a two in the middle was just absolutely bonkers and um, Dylan McGeeuck put his best Hibs performance in in years and uh, he was brilliant <laughs> for us on Saturday uh, <laughs> um, but yeah no uh, the main thing for me was the midfield battle I think the fact that we won that set us in really good stead for some reason even though he misses about 18 chances a game um, Dodge up front does seem to suit this system better than Nisbet, I'd think, because the thing that Dodge does, it doesn't show up on the stat sheet that much, but he does win balls in the air and he does get the team up the pitch. And if he doesn't win it, then he gives fouls away, which stops the play, as Ewan's touched on before. So it just means that we're not leaving ourselves vulnerable at the back, which is always nice. Um, so, yeah, the only, like, for me, every single player got at least a, like 8 out of 10 apart from me. I thought Paul McGinn was a bit shaky again. First half nearly gave away a goal again, but Marciano swept up well, so he'd probably get a 7, but everybody else was 8s and above, and if you're doing that, you're going to beat most teams, if not every team in the league. Yeah, um, I think the good thing about Saturday is we showed urgency, we showed aggression. Um, we didn't give Aberdeen a minute. Um, there was one part of the where I think We'd just gone 1-0 up and we were absolutely hounding them down. Um, down their left side, we're, we're writing about their face. We were just very aggressive, which we needed to be. Um, I couldn't pick fault with anyone, to be honest. I know I touched on Doig moving a bit quiet, but nobody on, on Saturday had a bad game. Doig done what he had to do up top. He made it difficult for, for Ash Taylor up there and like, you know, as a whole, that's possibly the best team performance I've seen from us this season. And I think we, we fully deserved the three points. I think they had one shot on, on goal in the first yeah, half. Yeah, which was early doors, yeah. And that, that was dealt with pretty comfortably. And obviously they had the head on the second half that went off the bar. But I think, all in all, we, we can be 
encouraged by the performance as well. I know that we've talked a, a bit about with maybe not being the most exciting, but we've been picking up points. Well, on Saturday we we're both we were exciting and we got the three points. And you know, I know I know we'll possibly come on to it, but I'm going to hold my hands up and admit that you know maybe a bit premature with the wanting Jack Ross out. Um, he has turned it around, and I think. I think the players have shown character as well to come back from from what was a difficult period, and and we've certainly pulled ourselves out there. And you know we've won a we've won a game, a big game, so to speak, which which will hopefully give us good confidence going forward. Yeah, I mean for me, I think the the eleven that we've played obviously now the last the last three games, um, it's eleven hibs to play at a speed and a tempo that really I think really suits us I guess probably suits that team and I don't think that you're going to see scintillating football from this team in terms of um, pass 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 cutting teams open but what you've seen at the weekend was and I think it, it goes I think we probably played less passes than maybe we have in a lot of games previously but there was a real directness about the team at the weekend and that doesn't mean launching it long to Tristan Dodge but you had Boyle, Murphy, Cadden, any time they got on the ball, they just wanted to run at the fullback, run at the central midfielders, run at the defenders. Irvin, any time he gets on the ball, looks to play forward. And he doesn't just drop it back to the centre-half if he's got someone on them. He'll try and turn them. And even Gogic, again, Gogic was very good on the ball. I mean, Gogic was great for the the weekend, but even on the ball, he was good and uh, really sort of got the ball out to the players like Murphy and Cadden quickly. And I think that 11, for me, is obviously the 11 that you're going to have to go with. Uh, going forward, like that's like you don't change what's well. It's not even that it's not broken. It's working fantastically well. You've won three in a row. You look at the you look at the players that we had on the bench at the weekend: Scott Allen's, Melker Halbers, Kyle McGinnis, Kevin Nisbet, Ryan Porteous's. Like Joe Newell's not even in the squad. Like that. I know we spoke about squad depth etc. All season, but and I don't think we've been overly ham- hampered by injuries, but. Now, now where we have a situation where we have one player injured and hopefully Joe Neal's back, you're seeing the real strength of this squad that you would argue that Scott Allen, Melker Halberd, Kyle McGinnis, Kevin Nisbet, Lewis Stevenson, Ryan Porteous, and even Matt Macy, if they started a game, you wouldn't think, oh, you know what I mean? Like You'd be like, all right with that. And maybe, so maybe Dre Wright, I think, had his time. Uh, unfortunately um, and David Gray obviously was on the bench at the weekend which I think if he, David Gray came in and started a game, again you, he'd probably do alright, you know what I mean, like you're seeing the real strength in the squad and um, Harry mentioned Christian Dodge I think Dodge done really well, I don't think uh, was the only real chance that he had the right to start the second half, for me he's not done anything wrong there he's actually taken a really good touch, it's a great run in behind, I think he's hit, he's linked the ball well, he's made the offer in behind an unbelievable pass and he's taken a really good touch on his chest and I think if the Easter Road pitch is better than what it is, he gets the shot away, I think it just skips off the turf and sort of bobbles into Lewis's arms um, he was really unlucky there but we could have hammered Aberdeen at the weekend, we really could have yeah. and uh, had chances but it's quite, I, I sometimes like that. You know what I mean? I sometimes like like just a completely comfortable 2-0 win. You know what I mean? Like there's something quite satisfying about that as well. And just the, I was just looking at the 11 there and I don't know what you think about this, but see Aberdeen at their prime maybe two or three years ago, they had the sort of, you always looked at them, they maybe had 
you were they never had a great striker. I wouldn't say even Cosgrove when he was at his best, but what they had was the three players playing off him full of pace. And they had yeah. legs in the middle of the park, like whether that had been Graham Shinney. Uh, who else did they have in the middle of the park alongside Shinny? Ryan Jack before he left, and then obviously even like um, even like Niall McGinn a few seasons ago. That's know, what I mean. Like the three behind, um, yeah, like they had the three players behind the two strikers, like Gary McKay, Stevens, uh, Niall McGinn, etc. And I think you can see that the three players that we had off a of Dodge at the weekend gave us that CAD in the ability, and they're all quite different. Boyle's just I know he played quite centrally, but. Lightning pace in behind Murphy, not quick but really good at taking players on. Cadden, the ability to just get balls in the box, he'll just try and cross it as soon as, as soon as he can with real quality. Like that, I think it's an what exciting thing it? that Hibs have got. Was Boyle playing central? Because for me, he was just play, he was playing everywhere, wasn't he? Yeah. It was it was so fluid, and I think that's that's where a lot of our success came from. They they couldn't they couldn't pin him down to one specific area. He was he was making a nuisance of himself, and we see when you've got players like Jimmy Murphy with the ability that he's got, you're going to find gaps in behind, and he'll be able to pick the passes out. And I think that's a, a big a big factor as to how we won at the weekend was purely because he wasn't specifically up front; he was yeah. everywhere, and 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 it makes such a difference because he gives options all over the park, all over the, the kind of final third. And yeah, I mean. You touched on Gogic there. I thought I thought he he played his best game in a Hibs jersey um, on Saturday. Broke everything up and and then you give the ball to players like Irvin and and Cadden and they just they just run run with it and you know like I said so much ability to pick out pick out those passes. Can I just say in regards to Gogic, I think this is the third game in a row that we've said that's probably his best game in a Hibs yeah. top. So the fact that we're saying that every week just shows that he might actually be turning into the player that we were all hoping he'd be when he first signed. So I think that that's really positive. I don't think it's a particularly hot take or ridiculous take to say that Jackson Irvin's by far the best player to have joined the club since McGinn left. I think that that's kind of been a void for me since McGinn left. And I think that he's filling it quite well. I think he just looks brilliant going forward and breaking things up in the middle. Um, I think he's like Joe Newell, but a bit better defensively and obviously a bit more of a flair when he's on the ball. Um, so yeah I think it worries me because it's difficult when you've got players like Joe Newell and Jackson Irvin because obviously if we drop Newell now then he probably won't sign the contract extension and then if we don't keep Irvin then we lose the two of them but then I don't (laughs) think that those two's playing style would work well if you put them both in the middle like without a Gogic there to support them so I don't know how do you guys think that we're going to work I think we can I just think, squeeze the three of them can, in there, to be honest. I, I think we can play Newell and Irvin as a two. I think mm-hmm. Newell would just be the deeper of the two, as we've seen a lot yeah. this season. And Irvin definitely has it, the, the robustness about him to play in that sort of, well, like sort of, sort of played two sixes at the weekend. Then we're like, Irvin's really got that, the legs. That's just, the thing that just screams out of this team for me is just energy and not mm-hmm. abundance of your pace, but just. Even look, Paul McGinn has got an unbelievable engine. Josh Doyle's got an unbelievable. Like the legs that we have in that team and that eleven players that have played recently, and with Jono, he'd probably been our best player until he's and like consistently across the season until his injury. And to be honest, he's going to have to bide his time now whenever he's fit. Because, but I think you could play them. I don't see a team where you play the three of them, um, just because. I don't see a team where we're not playing free off of one for the rest yeah. of the season. 
Uh, I don't think we'll see Christian Doidge and Kevin Nisbet line up in the same starting 11 between now and the end of the season unless Martin Boyle gets injured. And I think you will be looking at Doidge or Nisbet being your focal point uh, in attack with... I don't see the front four changing. I think Nisbet will eventually bleed back in, but I honestly think he has to come off the bench and score a goal until that happens or we or we get beat. Um, that's the team for me. The same with Portress at the back. I know he played well against, he came on and played really well against St Mirren, but that, in the last three games when Darren McGregor's played, been on the park, we've not conceded a goal. Paul Hanlon's back to looking really well. Um it's an, it is an interesting one. This one with Joe Newell, especially that's the that's the one question mark over the team because I think up until a week and a half ago, you would have always wanted to find a space in your team for Joe Newell, and as well, how excited were we for Scott Allen coming back? And you're not even really thinking about him to get into the starting eleven just now, I wouldn't say, which is is exciting times. Um, so, what did you actually make of the game as a whole? The goals. Uh, the penalty decision, the low Stevenson pass. What, what what did you make of the the goals and how we took them? I thought that we started off how we how we wanted to play the game. Yeah, and I think I think that that's what that's what impressed me was that we didn't just let Aberdeen have a spell. We went out and we tried to put our stamp on the game, and. The penalty is a penalty for me. I don't. I don't. I don't know how you can how you can really argue it. Um, if you look at I it think again, sports scene nailed it. I think sports scene, sports scene nailed it. Like Derek McInnes in his interview said that Murphy made the contact and flipped himself there. Now Ferguson's went in. He's yeah. not went to block. He's went to tackle. Yeah, like and, and I think that's what that's what Sean Maloney said. You can see from his body that he's not gone in to block the ball. He's going to block Murphy's run. Um, Regardless of if the ball's going out of play or not, it's a penalty. They were they were screaming for something very similar with McCrory. Um, wasn't wasn't half as bad, but uh, you know they were screaming for that. So so where's the consistency? But you can see Boyle's got a spring in his step again, um, and he walked up. He stepped up the penalty and wasn't perfectly in the corner, but it's low enough that Joe Lewis can't get down quick enough. For being a skyscraper, <laughs> showed real composure with the penalty, didn't he? Because yeah. I always worry when a player, when you get, it feels like we've had a decent amount of penalty. I think Boyle's that his third penalty of the season. Yeah, Hamilton and Hamilton, and then the other night against him. Always worry, like when it gets to that stage, like they're going to have like, goalkeepers obviously do the homework and stuff like mm. that. And I think the last two he sort of just scalped in the middle, so I was a bit worried uh, when he was stepping over it. To be fair, but showed some real composure. I thought with the penalty. Yeah, um, and then after that, I thought there was only going to be one team winning it, and if we didn't win it, it was going to come from our own mistake that we didn't win it. Um, I mean. I think the difference as well with Darren McGregor at the back is you've seen when he, he made the error where he didn't quite read the ball in the yeah. air. But but he stands up and he knows when to dive in, he knows when to go in for the tackle and Porches maybe would have been a bit more rash in that situation. Whereas McGregor, I mean, there was one time in the, in the first half where he's taken the luckiest touch ever 
he's almost tried to trap the ball and no quite trapped it, but he's trapped it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the game as a whole was just very impressive. And I mean, it's a five-yard pass for Dodge out to Stevenson and he's taking out two, two, three players and Scott Allen does that. Everyone's raving about it. First touch to control um, and second touch to put the pass as soon as he's on the back. And it gives Boyle the time to adjust himself, uh, which I don't think he had with his other chances. He, he didn't really have time to adjust, but he could see the ball, he could judge the pace, and he just opened his body up and, and put it through Joe Lewis's legs. And to be honest, at 1-0, you're thinking the second goal kills this, and, and that's exactly what it did. It did kill it. I actually don't really think Aberdeen had a spell, so to speak. Yeah. There was a couple of... A couple of half chances, if that, but they didn't. They didn't create anything. You know, they were just kind of putting long balls in the box, and it's a total lottery. Then um, yeah. they didn't have any imagination or, or inventiveness, and it was just good. To, good for us to see out the game as well. I think a clean sheet will, will give us confidence as well. But I, I couldn't pick any fault in that performance, which is which is which is strange. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing is, like, we're actually on a really good run because. We beat Dundee United, who obviously were in quite poor run, quite a poor run of form coming into the game, but then they won at the weekend there. And then we played against St. Murren that were in really good form. And then we played against an Aberdeen team there that's obviously were third in the league before we started the game. Oh, no, they were um, fourth in the league before we started the game. Um, but, like, Hibs fans annoy me because they just come up with excuses to say why Hibs aren't doing well when we are doing well. So I think that we should just take off this negative tinted specs that we always seem to have on and we should actually acknowledge the fact that Hibs are in a very good run of form and we're actually picking up points and deserving to win games in my opinion anyway. Even um, I would agree with that and you know what I'm like <laughs> you, I you actively look for things to things to annoy me about <laughs> Hibs but yeah no, I, I can't fault anything at the moment You are the resident negative Nancy that we all love to ah, have um, <laughs> Not this week, positive Pete this week um, and then um, it's annoying because if Celtic continued their dismay, I think if they'd slipped up at the weekend, we'd genuinely be looking at second as opposed to securing third. But I think if we finish third, I don't think there's any qualms that we can have with the club. Um, I think that we need to dispel this myth that the league's terrible and that's the only reason we're doing well. The league isn't terrible. Hibs are just actually improved. Like if yeah. this team played the team that we had last season, we would pump that team about three or four nil. Like, that's the difference this year. Like the same players that are in that team when they're playing well are playing really well this year. And um, yeah, I think that the penalty is Greg touched on hundred percent stonewaller. It was a very stupid play from Ferguson and the referee. It's what the type of one if the referee sees it, he has to give it and he did see it. Yeah. So it's nothing. It wasn't the worst decision of the season. Um, like a certain article <laughs> um, alluded to. Um, then the second we'll come goal, on to that. I, what, what on earth happened with Lewis Stevenson? I was, everybody's raging as usual because Doig gets subbed off. Maybe put Scott Allen's boots on by mistake or something. Ken, it's like he kidnapped bloody the spirit of Shabby Alonso picking away to that <laughs> ball. Honestly, that was something else. Um, but yeah, no, Boyle, Boyle's just on fire at the moment. It's nice to see because I'm obviously uh, supposedly been struggling off the pitch and whatnot. So it's nice to see when a player's going through that, that they can actually bounce back and play really well because since he signed his contract, he's not really impressed us much, to be honest, this year. And then the past three games, he's banged them four goals, so won the boiler. That's, that's it. His numbers are looking really good, now. I think that's eight league goals and four assists or something like that. So don't like you can't it might it might even be nine actually now, but I don't you can't sniff at that at all. And you look at that him along with Nisbet, I think they're both in the top sort of five goal scorers in the league. So we are scoring plenty of goals, and 
for me, like, I think there's been an argument. I think we've spoke about it a lot this season, and especially on the back of Jamie Gullen leaving and Cadden coming in. Like, I've, I've always felt that Boyle doesn't get nearly enough credit for his ability when he does play down the middle. And I think I maybe mentioned it to you guys that the majority of his, I can't remember if it was on a podcast or a scrum or a chat, but the majority of Boyle's goals this season have come in games when he's played through more through the middle. Obviously, Kelly, first game of the season, he played down the middle. Hamilton, he was on the wing, but he scored the penalty. And then St. Mirren and Aberdeen and Dundee United, he's, he, again, we're not entirely, he's been quite free, but his goals have all come from sort of runs directly in behind the, in behind the defenders and stuff like that. Like, the, what I think needs to be mentioned is the impact that Jamie Murphy and Chris Cadden are having on, the, on Martin Boyle. How often this season and... In previous seasons, have we seen winger, fullback, holding midfielder, three on one Martin Boyle because he's Hibs only out, Hibs only option. But the pace of in on the wing, Murphy and Boyle, teams can't afford to even go double man on Boyle because they've got other options now. And I think we were screaming out even back at the start of the season, we really wanted another winger. Um, to sort of take some of the burden off of Boyle because you've seen it at the start of the season well after when Murphy found his feet when you had Murphy and Boyle on the same on the same pitch uh, you could see that Murphy was getting more more of the play maybe because the teams had maybe prepped more for Boyle so he, he's he's very much back on the Boyle uh, as 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 uh, as the tin says but for me the one massive thing that I actually really enjoyed the last fifteen minutes of the game. Compare that to what we've done at St Mirren during the week. Oh. Hibs just Hibs just went, like, like 2-0, job done. Let's keep the ball. Like, we got on the ball. I thought we kept it well. McGuinness played well when he came on. Um, Halberg done fine when he came on. Nisbet, I think, forgot there was no fans in the stand to keep the ball. Um, just When he hit that free kick, Jesus Christ. But, and Stevenson played well, like, and when you look at St Mirren, we just kept pushing and pushing, and obviously they got their goal, and then even after that, we kept pushing and pushing. Aberdeen has one header after we scored that, let's be totally honest, if it doesn't clip off Darren McGregor's head, Marciano's catching it, no bother at all, falling on it and wasting another 30 seconds. Like, Harry, I know you, you tweeted on the page, like, oh, yes, we're going in the corner with five minutes to go. We managed that game superbly well from start to finish, as far as I'm concerned, and now, uh, again, you you touched on there, Harry, about Celtic. Why can't we look up? I know that they're six points ahead, two games in hand. Celtic will drop points. Mm-hmm. As far as I'm concerned, do they... They've only... They must... Do they have Rangers before? Ah, they've got Rangers before the split. So... Rangers are first back-to-back. It's something like first back-to-win de- wins. Uh, since December, start of December or something. So they look... And I'm pretty sure one of their games in hand is Aberdeen, who obviously aren't pulling up any trees now, but if Hibs go about our business correctly between now and the end of the season, we've got a really favourable sort of post-split running fixtures, I would say, especially in the next three. We should be able to put an element of pressure on Celtic. I'm not saying that we'll finish second, and I'm not even saying that we'll get all that close. But if we just keep going about our business, Celtic need to keep winning. And if one thing Celtic have shown this season is that they can keep winning, they're they're just they're not 
they're not that team than now. And like I say, the run of fixtures we've got come on, coming up is at Ross County, uh, Ross County, oh, Hamilton, yeah. aye, Ross County, Motherwell and Hamilton. So really, what's that, three of the bottom four? Of Motherwell maybe just moved up a wee bit, but three, three of the bottom four alongside Kilmarnock, uh, I think. So we really should be looking to take nine points from these three games. It's not going to be easy. We've seen that enough this season, but we should be. And it's t- I think it is time to look up. Everyone was... Everyone looked at Livingston, they were sort of on our tails and we were getting worried. Well, if we were worried about Livingston catching Hibsons, we should also offset that by, well, now we can catch Celtic, in my opinion. Like, we can. But I think Hibs would probably need to win, how many games have we got left? Ten. Nine. Nine games left this season. Ten. Ten. Five, five before split, five after. Is it no four before the split and five after? Oh, it's 37 games, isn't it? So it's um, it's 9-9. 9-9? Yeah. 37 games? 38 games we've we, played, isn't it? We've played 28 games. Aye, so there's 10 games left. Aye, 10, ga- 10 games <laughs> Aye, left. If Hibs can win 7, then I think we could finish second. And it's, that'll, be, that'll be hard. Like, Don't get me wrong, that will that'll be difficult. But there's no reason why we can't go and do that. Where do you where do you see Hibs going from here across the rest of the season? Like, do you think we will finish third, a comfortable third, push Celtic, or do you think Aberdeen will sort of go again? I don't know about Aberdeen. To be fair, they've totally totally chucked it, haven't they? The last the last four games or something, not scored in four now. They they don't even look like scoring. To be fair, um, I think we'll finish third. I don't want to be a million miles away from Celtic, but they've got two games in hand on us and they're, they're six points clear. So I know it's not it's not the usual Celtic that you're up against this season, but I, I do think I do think we'll, we'll finish third, and I think we'll probably do enough more than enough to to warrant that. Um, wouldn't mind a Livingston win in their game against Aberdeen. To be fair, yeah. you know. Kind of keep keep same two pretty close, but yeah, I think if we keep going about our business the way we need to do it, we need to focus on ourselves and we can we can finish third and and finish third quite comfortably. To be honest, um, we can let everyone else fight it out for for fourth, but we just need to keep going about our our business. Um, Ross County earlier in the season was disappointing. You know, let's put that out this weekend. Let's get three points there and. And move on. You've got Motherwell in, in ninth, not really doing much. Hamilton in bottom, not really doing much either. So, yeah, these are games that we should be winning. But whether we win them or not is down to mentality and, and character. And we've certainly shown a lot of that lately. So I'm, I'm more than confident that we will pick up nine points in three games, um, even though we are Hibs. <laughs> positive. And Harry, what about yourself? For the, for just the, where do you see Hibs going? The reason I think we're looking so good at the moment is because teams don't know how to play against us since we've reverted to this new system. Because being honest, I literally couldn't name the formation that we're playing. I, I genuinely don't think that players are in like generic enough positions that you could confidently say we're playing a 3-4-3 or a 4-4-2 or whatever you think it is. Because it literally does change drastically from when we're on the ball to off the ball. And um, the thing that suits us well in that sense is it's going to take teams a very long time to try and adjust to us because it is coming up against something that they're not used to coming up against. 
Um, so I think that this run that we're on will definitely continue. Um, the thing that's really positive is and across the three games, we've conceded one chance to St. Murren that actually looked like the opposition was going to score, I think. Yeah. Like, I, I literally don't recall, apart from, as soon as that ball got launched up the pitch at St. Murren, I was like, oh no, they've scored. This is going to be squeaky bum time. But apart from that moment, there was not one time I thought that we were going to concede across the three games. Like, maybe in the first half against Aberdeen when the guy missed the ball, that could have been a good chance. But yeah. again, I, I knew that, like, in my head, I knew that Marciano was saving it if it came towards the goal anyway. So, um, I, I'm not 100% sure we'll pick up all the points. Like, we'll pick up nine from nine, but I'm confident we won't get beat. I think that we're going to yeah. not concede many, but as we know, scoring this season has been a bit of an issue at times. It comes in chunks for us for some reason. Yeah. So um, I, I I'm happy. I think if we if we stay unbeaten before the split, I think that we finish third, and that should be the objective. So I'd be happy with that. Absolutely. And um, moving moving on to uh, the Ross County game this weekend. Obviously, Ross County have been a little bit inconsistent under John Hughes. Um, I think they've obviously had really good results, obviously Easter Road. Uh, I think we've maybe seen the best version of John Hughes' Ross County, obviously early in his... Is that his first game, actually? Is that his, uh, is that his, is that his wait, first game? That was his second game, because his first game, game. Two got sent off. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And, oh, like, obviously they they got beat by Dundee United at the weekend, but they sort of won at Hamilton. So, I without, I don't know the exact figures, but maybe they're a bit better away from home under John Hughes than they are at home. Um, it'll, be a, it'll be a difficult game. Let, let's, let's be realistic. Um, we spoke about bogey teams this season. I think it would be fair to say that over the last two, this season and last season, Ross County have been our bogey team. We dropped points at home them last season. We tend to always struggle in Dingwall. And we have just dropped a golf ball. Uh, we haven't beat them away. To, we haven't beat them uh, this season, even though we should have been about 5-0 up after 25 minutes uh, in Dingwall back in October. How do you see this game panning out? Hopefully not the same as that, to be fair. Um, yeah, I think that look, we've, we've got better players than most County, let's be honest. You know, we, We've got confidence they maybe haven't. Um, I'm expecting a very similar performance to, to the one at the weekend there. I think we'll go out and we'll, we'll stamp our authority on the game and, and hopefully get an early goal and, and go for there. But I'm, I'm nothing about Ross County worries me. Um, our, ourselves shooting, our shooting ourselves in the foot is the only concern for, for Saturday. I just think we're, we're on a good run. Um, playing with a lot of confidence, a lot of positivity. So the only way we'll get beat beat on Saturdays from ourselves. And Harry, what about yourself? What, what, what do you expect? When I was saying that I was concerned that we won't beat every team at the forefront of my mind was Ross County being the only team in the league that we've not scored against this season in any of the two games that we've played them. Because obviously the 0-0 away and then got pumped 2-0. Yeah. Um, I think that Ollie Shaw's kind of heated up but I don't think he's going to score against us because most of his goals tend to come away. He didn't um, play the weekend. I don't know if he's got an injury. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't play. I'll double check. I'll double check that he, maybe that he wasn't on the bench, but he certainly didn't start. But um, yeah, as as Greg said, we're a much better side than Ross County. Um, and as good as our managers, Yogi Hughes can be, as he proved in that game at New Year. Um, we really shouldn't have to. Sorry, he was on the bench. Came off the bench, so he is fit. Uh, um, we really shouldn't have too much of an issue dealing with this Ross County side, yeah. um, especially with the confidence that we're going into this match with. But 
as it's shown time and again this season, we need to score the goals when we've got the spell because that's what's lost us about 10 points this season, just not scoring more than once or not scoring at all when we need to. So if we get that spell in the first 20 minutes, we need to bury at least one of them. And I'm hoping it falls to Boyle at the moment instead of Dodge because I've got more confident in the Boyle to finish that. Yeah, so I'm the same as you guys. I mean, there is definitely... It's ridiculous, isn't it? Because anytime you play Ross County or Inverness when they're in your league, even Aberdeen, you're like, oh, bit of travelling. It's three hours or four hours. Like, I actually know that far. Like, and we're going to travel up the night before, but all these things run through your head. And yeah, let's be let's be straight. We've struggled against Ross County this season. Uh, we did batter them for the sort of first 20 minutes and last 20 minutes up in Dingwall in the season. But the middle part of that game was a bit of a non-event. Um, and then, let's be fair, they absolutely hammered us at Easter Road in terms of quality on the ball and chances created. And Hibs just never got going back, uh, uh, back at Christmas time. What do you want to see team-wise? Same again. Uh, absolutely no changes. Same bench, etc. Um, or is there... Like if Joe Neal's fit maybe on the bench or does he come straight back in? Like, What, what are you guys expecting to see team-wise or just entirely more of the same? Yeah, I would like to see more of the same. I think if Joe Neal is fit, then bring him back onto the bench, uh, get him back in about the squad. But you, you can't you can't change the team at the moment. Um, they've given you all you could really want. Um, we haven't scored against Aberdeen this season. Scored, a, scored two the other day, so... You know, it'd be good to keep that going. And I think the way we play at the moment is very fluid in the final third. So, you know, I, I can't really imagine that Ross County would have too many answers to that. So I would definitely like to see more of the same. I think there's definitely areas of their play that in their game that we could exploit. Um, I, I just don't think they're good enough defensively. You've seen that the goal that Dundee United scored was on the counter. Dundee United don't really have a lot of pace either. We do, so... You know, I think we've got more than enough in our toolbox to, to go there and win the game, but I think more of the same for me. Um be very harsh to, to drop anyone or or change the system or formation for me, so it would have to be more of the same. Yeah. Hopefully it's some good news around Gogic's and Jackson Irvin's shoulder injuries. Yeah. Obviously, they both, uh, Gogic took a dunt, but seen the game out, whereas Jackson Irvin had to come out. Uh, there did seem to be some positive reports coming out after the game, Harry. On the assumption that one of them misses the game, so Jackson, Irvin, or Gogic, who, who gets the nod in central midfield? Uh, would it be a potentially fit again, Joe Newell? Would it be Kyle McGinnis or Melker Halberg? Well, it definitely wouldn't be Melker Halberg because he's went back doing all my pecking order from probably... <laughs> He, he went Bottom. up to, I think at his peak, he was um, third choice, but now he's back down to about seventh choice, so... I know Melker Halberg, um, but I I feel bad for McGinnis because he's came in and then he looked quite positive in his first couple of games and then he picked up quite a long injury and then he's not really had any, uh, and he's not really had any solid time since. So um, if we were mixing it up, I wouldn't hate to see trying to put Porches back in the team. I think a game like this suits him a bit more than it does McGregor because I think we are going to have to move the ball around a bit quicker, especially when we're yep. moving forward. Um, so I wouldn't hate to see Porches come back in and the thing is as much as I've given him stick this season I do really like Porches and I do think his ceiling's like incredibly high so I do want to see him back in and around the team but obviously if you're out of form you do need dropped 
And I'm, I'm hoping that McGregor accepts that that's kind of his roles just to kind of plug the gap when he needs to. So I wouldn't hate to see Porteous get back in the team. Um, and yeah, if, if um, Irvin is out, touch wood that he's not. Um, I'd, being honest, I'd rather rest him against Ross County and keep him fit for other games. Um, then I'd happily see McGuinness get a start because I wouldn't mind seeing him get a proper 90 minutes under his belt. Yeah, I think I'd like to see McGuinness be the one that gets the nod as well if that if that happens because I think he's a really exciting player um, in the glimpses that we've seen of him. Don't don't get me wrong, I've seen the games where he's come off the bench, I'm not entirely sure. Don't think he's been great, but in the games where he started, I thought he's tend to has tended to play really well. Um, and I think he has he's a run of on. games. Yeah, exactly. And he has been coming on before Halberg uh, recently as well, so I think he probably would get the nod at central midfield. And yeah, I think you might be right, to be fair. It wouldn't surprise me to see Ryan Porteous in at centre-half. Um, it would be incredibly harsh on Darren McGregor, but he has played a lot of football recently as well. Again, with just with generally being obviously an older player. Um, but yeah, I think I would like to see Port just come back in. However, Darren McGregor was absolutely superb at the weekend. Right, lads, so we have done a wee bit of a preview on the Ross County game. Obviously, it's kind of difficult previewing a game. Uh, we always sort of struggle with that. That's going to be on, on on a Saturday and we're recording on the Monday night, especially when we know we're not entirely sure fitness-wise of a few players. But, um, Harry, what is the, the score going to be this weekend? And obviously, you were quite proud of your... What's the score of Ross McCrory? So what are we looking at this weekend? And unfortunately, you got the score correct at the weekend. So I think that's like your fifth or sixth correct score. I think that's number six for the season. So I am the genius of the team. I always get it right. And I'm getting it right again. It's going to be a terrible game. Well, it's not going to be a terrible game. We're going to play well, but we're not really going to get many shots at goal because they're just going to sit back and absorb. But in the 52nd minute, we're going to score. And it's going to be a certain mister, Jackson Irvin, with his first goal for the club against his former team. It's written in the stars, 1-0 Hibs. Nice. Greg? Uh, I'll go I'll go 2-0 Hibs, but I can't. Not as good as Harry, so I can't give you the minute and the scorer. Um, but I think 2-0. <laughs> He's a scorer or two. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go and say... I'll say Paul McGinn. Ooh. Palming and double? Oh, go on then. A marauding <laughs> run from right back. <laughs> uh, for me, I think, I know we've spoken about, I think this game's going to be, I think this game could be perfect for Hibs. Uh, John Hughes is now a manager that lets his team sit in. Ross County will have a go, for, go, at, go at us, and I think the players that we've got in the starting 11 just now, like I've said 110 times, pace, power, I think a team that wants to open up and play, we are just going to be able to counter, counter, counter. Um, I think that's been seen. I think Dundee United and Aberdeen both had more possession than us, which it didn't seem like that in the game. I don't think, I think it, we might even see that again this weekend, but I think Hibs are going to be able to pick Cross County off anytime they come out. And I think we will win 3 0. Uh, I think it'll be quite comfortable. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think it'll be comfy. Uh, I think we'll score fairly early in the game and then pick them off in the second half, I really do. Because John Hughes isn't the type of manager that'll just sit in. They went to Ibrox and had a bit of a go, hang around for, hung around for a little while and ended up like a beat 4-0. Uh, my goal scorers will be Boyle, Murphy and Jackson Irvin. Um, I, I had a real big feeling that he was going to score against Dundee United. Obviously, he got his assist, but I really thought he was going to score against Dundee United. So 
I think Jackson Evans going to score a header from a corner. That's my out there prediction, along with Martin Boyle and Jamie Murphy scoring. I'd love to say Chris Cadden, but his slip whilst trying to score against Aberdeen has slightly put his finishing abilities down in my <laughs> estimations. Um, so, Harry, you were fuming that I won high beer of the week last week for Ryan Poaches playing 45 minutes of football against Dundee United and St Mirren. However, my reasoning was, obviously, the way I dealt with the transfer request and sort of bounced back. So I am going to open the high beer of the week conversation for post-Aberdeen game. And for me, there is only one place to start. Yes, I'm taking it. I never get to go first. As our star man, he's our high beer of the week. It is going to be Martin Boyle. Sick. Make me sick. That, that's fine by me. Just Who me. are you taking, Greg? Who are you taking? So obviously Saturday was a good afternoon. Um, it's quite enjoyable, but one one person really, really just topped it all off, and that was the author of the Aberdeen Match Report. <laughs> <laughs> that that really just just made my Saturday night. Reading that, pulling up decisions from December, absolutely love it. They were hurting, they were sore, and I'm just glad we managed to beat them and, and feel the seethe. But she's a so constant gonna... contradiction as well, because there, there was one line that was like, Martin Boyle seemed to be clearly offside. Well, he's either off or he's not. You can't see, like... <laughs> he doesn't seem to be offside, he isn't he? Fucking Houdini, he doesn't he seem to be there when he's no. Like, he's either on or offside, and then, and then I like how they said that the linesman slept in. Aye, it's just the, shite, uh, but, isn't it? Uh, and they tried to say, well, I'm just going to say, 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 I'm just going to in December, as if that makes any difference to this game. There was also, did you, I don't know if you've watched sports scene, have you seen Derek McInnes, his post-match interview? Oh, there wasn't much in the game, uh, the penalty totally changed the way of the game. I'm sitting there, we could have been fucking 2-0 up before the penalty, and then he's like, and then there was nothing in the game again, it was really even, obviously said it was never a penalty, it was really even until the second goal, and then Aberdeen were the better team after the second goal, and that, oh, Cranky. I, I like, genuinely worry what game he's been watching because it, it, he certainly wasn't the game on Saturday. It's fucking staggering, isn't it? Right, you could, you could just feel the bitterness. Can I just say I was absolutely robbed by you idiots that voted on that poll because there is no <laughs> way that a 45 minutes at Ryan Porteous should have got the nod over Martin Boyle scoring in back to back games. So, whoever voted in that, I hope you stub your toe in the morning. Um, you can what but Greg's kind of stolen the Harry role of going for something a bit abstract and out there. Um, so and you and kind of stole my options. So we're going to pull at the heartstrings a bit here. So when your back's up against the wall, sometimes you have to do something drastic and then the world's against you. And he's fought back magnificently and he's led us to three games on the spin with a win. Martin Boyle's back firing. Mr. Jack Ross is high be the week. What a gentleman. 
get him a contract extension, put it on the table, let him write the numbers down, whatever Rio Ferdinand said about Solskjaer. Let's get him done. But yeah, nah, I'll go for Jack Ross. I actually think that he's bounced back really well. And uh, yeah. it takes a lot of cojones to bounce back when everybody's battering you. So, fair play to him. That's a perfect, that's a perfect segue into, uh, and obviously, Greg, you obviously mentioned earlier that uh, maybe you were a little bit premature with your... And obviously, I, I, I went on the long bangers, quick bang, and I very much said, like, I'm very happy that I've got some humble pie slapped in my face and that's why we're not running football clubs, etc. Remember, we can't always take the emotion out of things that we're saying. Just how big has not only Saturday, but the last week been for Jack Ross and just how well has he done? Because you've seen the reaction on social media before the Dundee United game when people seen that start eleven. We, in our group chats, were very much, it's interesting, and we very much were like, we'll wait and see. Because, but the the team and the way that he's worked on this this 11 and especially against Aberdeen it just worked an absolute treat didn't it yeah I think as well there's been a couple of articles that have come out about players and the issues they've been having um, for example Martin Boyle did an interview today about, about his dad that was ill um, oh did he he said, he said that Jack Ross was first class Portuguese came out and said that Jack Ross was first class and I think I think Nisbet actually said the same so you know, Jack Ross is obviously having a good a good effect on on the group of players that we've got. It was very easy; it would be very easy for him to just roll over and accept that this season was finished after the semi final. But I think, unlike me, he looks for positives in things, and you know, I, th- I think he's really built us back up. He's done what we what he's had to do to get us out the rut. You know, sometimes it can't be playing silky football. Um, but he's pulled us out that. We're now looking good. Five points ahead of Aberdeen, ten points ahead of Levy. Um, we're definitely going in the right direction. I think I possibly looked at the semi-final very emotionally. Um, I think it's easy to get caught up in the emotion of things and directing your anger towards people. And But I think we've been screaming out for a centre-half and the one that we've brought in is 35-year-old Darren McGregor. And he's made such an impact. And, and that was a very bold decision from Jack Ross. Because if that went wrong, then, you know, uh, uh, the fans get on at you more. Um, I just think that he gets it. He's really pulled us out of this. And we, this is the best we've looked all season. If I'm honest, I think that, yeah, I'm, I'm just feeling a lot more positive about us at the moment. We, we hit the bottom half of the semi-final we're now on the way up and, and we're coasting. I think, what was it, 13 points in, in the last five games or something we've picked up? 13, 13 from the last six, four wins, a draw. So you drew with Celtic, beat Kelly, lost to Rangers and then won, won the three games in the last week. You would take that every day of the week as well. That That, that is good form. Um, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And it's, it's important to remember that the league form that we've got, we were just looking at the kind of cup competitions in the two semi-finals, but it is important to see how far we've come under them. And yeah, maybe still has a bit to go, but yeah, I, th- I think he's certainly proved a lot of people wrong, including myself, and, and I hold my hands up to that. Harry, well, but yourself, Jack, obviously put on forward side, but then we can start touching it, but just how big has the last week been in for Jack Ross and the team? Uh, and sort of restoring the faith and confidence of a lot of the, a lot of the fan base. Um, maybe some people, obviously social media, a lot of the time highlight 
the the negatives. Um, and me and Greg were, were definitely culpable of that. And even yourself, maybe more so than in the past. What just how big's the last week been? I know. Um, the thing that even after the game, I um, we like I was admittedly raging. If he'd been sacked the next day, I wouldn't have had a complaint. But I'm glad he hasn't now. Um, because the thing that I do keep on going back to is the fact that we do need to have a manager and get some longevity at the club. Because Lennon's like, <laughs> Lennon being here for like two years is like the longest manager we've had in absolute donkeys. And it's an absolute joke. Um, I think that the problem with Ross was trying to find the right system. And I think he's finally cracked it for this season. I don't know if it's necessarily the system that we use going forward, because as I say, we've got three players that aren't necessarily playing in a position. and I don't know if that's that viable in terms <laughs> of finding replacements for them. Um, but whilst it's working, just keep on rocking with it. I was never staunchly Ross out, um, but I could kind of see that point of view. I don't think there's many people at the moment that would want them sacked. And if they are, then they're just probably overly negative, if anything. Um, but yeah, I think he's probably, he's, he's just done everything right. As, as we said at the time, um, when uh, Greg said there was no way back from him, and when you were like, he's going to have to do very well, he's done very well. Um, football fans, especially Hibs fans, can be quite fickle when it comes to form. And it's understandable because obviously we pay our money and we watch them every week. We want them to do well every game. And then when they do hit a run of bad form or they do keep losing um, certain games, we will get frustrated. But when you look at the grand scheme of things, we're third in the league and we deserve to be. Um, so I'm more than happy with Ross and I'm happy that he's managed to get himself at that corner that he managed to back himself into. Perfect. So, only one thing left. Only one thing left. And we're match fit. I don't know if I'm feeling good. Greg, you feeling good after uh, last week's dismal showed from the two of us? Yeah, I think I had to have a wee bit of a conversation with myself just about how bad that was. Um, listen back to it and I was, I was suitably embarrassed. Um, I was going to put a tweet out saying, oh, apologies to the fans, that wasn't good enough. Um, <laughs> the, usual, the usual very generic tweet. Basically, but yeah, I'm feeling good, I'm feeling confident. What me and Greg need to do tonight is what Hibs have done in the last week. And of course, we're talking about Harry's high B quiz. Greg is 8-5 up so far this season. Harry, what you got for us? Well, hello everybody and welcome back to the Harry High B quiz. I do this introduction every week for no reason. But if you are new to the quiz, it's pretty much a loosely based Hibs quiz where I think of Raj things in my head and ask them to the boys. So, as you said, it's currently Greg 5, you no, Greg 8, you and 5. But we were just I talking about it. Humble, <laughs> a humble pie. Um, I think you two, it's fair to say I've had a slice of it in the past week. However, oh. apart from this week, when is a time as a Hibs fan that you've had to eat a big warm slice of humble pie because you got someone completely wrong Ooh. and then you had to think to yourself, I hold my hands up, that was a bit stupid. So for me, it's, be very, easy to, for me it's very easy because I would say there's only, I think Greg even probably until this season, he would always say that I was very much a happy clapper. The only time that I've ever fully written someone off was Christian Dodge after Aberdeen away last season. Um, <laughs> I, 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 well, it was going to have a meltdown, to be fair, like, like he was really I'm, struggling. Like, I'd never wanted to see him where I had stopped ever again. And I made like, I made that very clear on <laughs> Twitter, texting Greg after the game, speaking to the, the, to the guys that I go to the games with and stuff. Like, uh, just... I couldn't explain how I'm lost for words how bad he was until that point or up to that point. 
and I am lost for words at how he then has transformed his Hibs career and I know he's going through a bad scoring on the now but and that's the thing I stuck by Dodge a lot longer than a lot of fans did last year uh, at the start of the season because I felt like you could see what he was giving the team still um, but yeah that Aberdeen game I was done I was done and that has to be it for me because it's really that is really until this season the only time that I've ever really written someone off like that and not been right like a red hair too often <laughs> I'll never forget when we sat at Aloe at home 2-0 we won in the cup and folk were honestly losing their shit and me and you know, like I don't see the issue with this I don't see what the problem is but we're actually playing alright and yeah we were fucking delusional absolutely delusional um I think the one time I've eaten I've eaten humble pie is under Bobby Williamson we're playing a lot of youngsters and I was a bit like why are we fucking doing this? Like this is shite. But it wasn't the players that were shite it was Bobby Williamson that was shite. Um, <laughs> but yeah I, so I was kind of like, oh Williamson you can't play the young laddies you're not going to win any of that like proper Alan Hansen behaviour. Um, but in actual fact, I was proved wrong because the young players were the answer and it was Bobby that goes yeah. to cinema to be entertained. It wasn't the answer. So I, <laughs> I would have to say the youngsters. Um, yeah, I kind of read them off and apologies, but fuck Kevin and Thompson. They brought, at the end of the day. I mean, they, they brought in a few million, so. I mean, I, Kevin Thompson can do what he wants, but the others were all right, aye. <laughs> I'll, I'll let them you off. will not be appearing on the podcast as a guest <laughs> <laughs> I think that's safe I mean he could uh, if we have a bad week we can just get him on and, and use him as a bit of a punch bag but <laughs> so, sometimes, sometimes you, you you just can't forgive people uh, I, I, mean, I forgave Ian Murray I forgave Whitaker but just Kevin Thompson just nah I don't I, don't, I, can, I can't forgive that for the question, um, Ewan gets the point, but for the sheer livid and animosity towards a former Hibs player for no reason, I'm going to give a bonus point because we do appreciate shithouse today here on the Harry Highby quiz. So like last week, we're going into a tie, going into question two. So I'm a bit knackered. So is Ewan. We stayed up till stupid o'clock in the morning watching the Super Bowl last night. Have I know this was pick, coming. Have you had to pick a current Hibs player to be a quarterback who would you pick? And if you pick Marciano, you will be deducted a point because it's too obvious because obviously keepers are known for launching balls. Jamie Murphy for the vision. He can Whoa. pick out a pass anywhere. He, he doesn't need to be that quick, but he can he can pick out a pass. doesn't even have to lift, lift his head. Just knows where people are. So good. He's got, he's got a foot. He's got a foot like a sat-nav some of the time. Just just knows where folk are. <laughs> Just doesn't make any find the back of the net, so wouldn't it be a very good Yeah, but this is league only. This is, this is league only. He's only scored one league goal, so no bother. Um, for me, it's got to be Jackson Irvin. Um, in American football, you can have good teams with good quarterbacks, and I would say that Hibs were a good team with good players, and Jackson Irvin has come in like a elite quarterback and taken, like Tom Brady with the Bucks, and took them to the next level. And Jack Smurvin has come into the Hibs midfield and transformed the Hibs team and has taken us to the next level from potentially meandering out to fourth 
<laughs> to steamrolling to third <laughs> in the massive difference. But yeah, Jackson Irvin for me. The, he's had that sort of elite quarterback impact uh, and taken Hibs up that, that next level. I feel bad here because I'm, I think the reason that it's tipped is because he's got a bit more NFL knowledge. But I think Ewan's answer is. Yeah, I, I, I kind of knew that was coming to be fair. Um, I feel like I you need a lot more I energy for the host, by the way. Fan, to be fair, I did watch uh, the halftime show, but I didn't I didn't watch the game itself. But yeah, you're nearly losing a point for that because halftime show. That's just for pansies, man. Get, get get yourself into the NFL and you'll start getting yourself. However, even I know Tom Brady is the goat. Hey, we like <laughs> that though. Um, all right, so um, uh, this is just a punishment question um, for you because you is what do you call it? We're terrible last week, so I'm wanting some creativity juices flowing. Um, John McGinn was in um, all over social media because he said he slagged off Sean Deitch for being a basic bitch, essentially. Um, his nickname at Hibs was the Neat Jacket. Rightly so. <laughs> um, sorry, his nickname at Hibs was the Meatball. Um, what food nickname would you give for a current player? Food nickname? Yeah, you can give oh. any current player a food nickname. Oh... Jamie Murphy spaghetti legs because you're never quite sure what you're getting for them. They're sort of wobbly. They're a little bit, little bit old. He's maybe not got that much power in them. He's no quick. He's no strong. But their legs are just twiddling away, getting gliding past defenders. They're quite loose and they didn't look. He doesn't look like the strong guy like spaghetti. He's not got much to it, but it just glides past. That's what I'm going for. Spaghetti legs. Aye, fuck it. That's what um, I'm going for. Right, so I'm <laughs> gonna say <laughs> I'm gonna say steak for Martin Boyle. Right. <laughs> Listen, when, when he has a bad game, he has a bad game, and it's very disappointing. A, a bit like a bad steak. You're like, mm, I'm just really looking forward to that. But when you get a steak that is just very tender, very juicy, like Martin. Boyle, well, the last few games, that just hits the spot. That's just different level. And when he when he is hitting form, that is different level. What type of steak, though? Oh, fucking any steak, mate. I don't really. I would probably say yeah. Some, sometimes he's a really grizzly bit of sirloin, and other times he's a beautiful <laughs> fillet. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have put it better myself. See, the thing is. Oh, let me guess, they were both shite. Aye, right, no, nay, no. point, nay points, pricks. No, Ewan's definitely not getting a point for spaghetti legs, because that sounds like <laughs> something a three-year-old would fucking come up with, so you're definitely not getting points for that. Greg, I wanted to give you a point, but you didn't ken the name of any sticks. Like, well, that's, that's not specific. Well, it should be. I'll give Greg the point, because his description did make me laugh, but be better, all right? We'll take that to the SFA next week. <laughs> I, I'm, um, I'm going to be taking to the SFA that this host needs to get a little bit more energy in him. We're talking poor performances for us. Hey, um, all right. I've been trying to get myself into the UFC. Um, big guys okay. fighting in uh, octagon. If you had to pick a former Hibs player, so not at the club at the moment, a former Hibs player that you had to take into the octagon and batter or go head-to-head with in a fight. It doesn't have to Did be the same weight category. Um, it's up, you don't have to win. You just have to fight them. You can try and win or you can just get battered. It's up to you. But you have to pick a former Hibs player 
and fight them in the octagon. Oh, that's a difficult one. What, what period? Any? Sorry? Are we just talking about any period? Player. What is it? So former Hibs player that you would just love to lay so in, basically. It wasn't contracted at the club as of um, COVID, as of the start of the lockdown. Any player that was at the club then beyond... It's so easy. Do you even have to think about it? Matt Doherty, I'd punch him right about... <laughs> I honestly don't care if he battered me. I would make sure I landed a couple on his jaw. Just feel like being an absolute <laughs> Don't Don't tell me after a, a cup final that I oh, will see what happens. And they're like, I'll away. Like, I will knock you out, pal. <laughs> Good night. I'll be snoozing in seconds. So much anger towards him. And I'm I'm very bitter that he's, he's uh, at Tottenham now. Um, Champions League and all that. We shouldn't be anywhere fucking near it. Nowhere near it. Mine's would have to be Wayne Tudor Jones. Absolute shite bag. I'm no hard man, <laughs> and he'd shite himself in me. We he's, know. He's a fucking disgrace. <laughs> he's an absolute disgrace of a hipster. Honestly. He sums up everything that was wrong with Hibs pre-2014, pre-Leanne Dempster. That was just a shambles of a fucking human being. Honestly, like. Jesus. Can I also oh. just say, right? If I did hit Dorotini, what was on the ground, and the ref no. tried to stop, I'd no. smash the fucking ref no. about an all, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> stop. I would, I would probably not stop if Matt Dorotini was lying on the ground. I would continue yeah, to go. Feet. I would kick him, I'd punch him, I'd heat him, I'd dive about him, I'd just do everything. Fucking hell. All right, you guys have got a lot of pent-up anger, and I'm glad that you've um, managed to get to Feeling better now, even. much better now. That, that's um, been on my chest for years. <laughs> um, Greg had walked it, but then um, the fact that Ewan called him a disgrace as a human being... I thought was quite cutting. So I'm going to give you both a point for that. I think that's well warranted. He's both done well there. Um, so we're going into the final question. We're sitting at 3-3. Three, three. Um, I watched Baby Driver for the first time the other night. What Classic. a film, by the way. What a film. Absolutely Pop love film. it. Uh, soundtrack on it, banging. If you had to pick a Hibs trio to rob a bank with, who are you picking? Hibs trio. Current, current trio. past or present. Also, whilst you have a wee think about it, can I just say, um, whilst the boys are thinking about who they'd like to rob a bank with, with Hibs, um, if I had to pick a player to go into the octagon with, I would pick Mark Oxley, and I would block his heat off that fence for blocking me on Twitter and say, how do you like it, you wee gimp? Um, he blocked so me as well after, like, the third game, he'd be the Hibs. <laughs> I don't care if he scores goals, that's not his job. <laughs> Goalkeeper, not scorer, idiot. I've got my three players dialed in. Go for it, mate. Alex Gogic, because look at him. Looks True. like he could rob a bank. Now you're gonna have to <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna have to bear with me on these ones. Martin Boyle, because he's lightning quick, so he could get in and out with the cash. And Ross Chisholm, because he's absolutely anonymous, so none of the CCTV cameras would pick him up. <laughs> Oh god, I like it. Alright, fair. Right. I'm gonna go quite obscure. 
Okay. So I, I'll I'll pretty much go toe to toe with you. In. So <laughs> for quickness, I'll pick Alan O'Brien. Ooh, okay. Does, does the motorbike come in? <laughs> for anonymous, oh, fucking plenty to choose from. Absolutely <laughs> plenty. Um, Hibs had a player called Antonio Murray years ago, and oh, yeah. uh, don't even know if he was a real person. Genuinely, don't. <laughs> he was that bad. So I'll say him. Um, for enforcer, I'd probably say I'd probably say Victor Palson when he was playing central midfield, because uh, he was he would absolutely love a fifty-fifty, and I honestly swear he would just take heavy touches to murder boys. So <laughs> I can I, can, I, I would choose Palson, O'Brien, um, and Antonio Murray. What a trio. Hey, I reckon that Very obscure, Murray, but, was, yeah. Was he not just a foreign Ian Murray? That's right. Antonio Murray. Uh, I don't think Ian Murray was injured as much as this boy, which is which is saying something <laughs> to be fair. I'm pretty sure he played at Celtic Park. I think I remember him playing at Celtic Park. He did. He, he, he joined he from was number Ipswich. 34. He was number 34. There you go. He, he wasn't, that was Ivan Spell's number. Um, no, not then, but he was number 34. Was he? Yeah. He, he joined from Ipswich, and for all I know, he could have still been playing there. I think he played like twice or something. Like, generally. I, I think he played it. I played 10 minutes against Brecon. We beat them 4 0 in the cup, and he went off injured. Just sums the boy right up. Not good enough. Anonymous. So, just to clarify then, in the middle of your bank robbery, is he just going to break down my broken leg and ruin the whole operation? Someone gets quite, some no, he's there. no, even no, he's there. Just be wandering about doing nothing as usual. Hey, no, no, he's no, Brian for dust because he was like Ivan Sproul on steroids. <laughs> no end product, <laughs> but he was quick. He just kept, he just kept running, just kept running into the famous five. Wouldn't, wouldn't stop. Just kept running. Alright, so the verdict is in. First of all, you both got a bonus point for the last question because you both gave good answers. I think that's fair. But a, we have a bonus engagement as well. What is up with his face on it? You should see that you his face. He's absolutely tripped himself. I've decided I'm just raging because because Greg should piggybacked off of my fucking idea. Well, I went toe to toe with him. I Ken think what? that's fair. Then what? You you wouldn't actually won it, but see that see that nonchalance pettiness. We're going to a, we're going to a tiebreaker question because that's pissed oh. me off. <laughs> You've got a bonus point each, and he started moaning. No, you didn't get the win yet. If you get the bonus question, which I've no thought of, which I'll think of right now, you get the win. <laughs> um, so what right. for chatting back to the ref. Ken, well, see, the thing is, if, if he's on a yellow won, anyway, fair enough, he was about to win and he chatted back. What is wrong he's with him? He's on a yellow, he talks anyway, himself all the time. You just mentioned something that I thought's quite interesting. What is the dumbest? This is just first person in. Uh, dumbest number of Hibs players worn, and if I agree, yeah, that's zero one. No, I, I, it has to be proper stupid. And I want justification. Palston was number ninety-one. That's fucking no need for that. Uh, ninety-one. Born in ninety-one. Okay, but <laughs> just keep, keep going. Let's see who gets it first. I want a justified 
That was stupid. I feel like Mikel Anton Curie's number was really fucking shite when he first signed, but I can't remember what it was. Uh, do you know that was just a total... 89. I think he was. He not want to be number nine, so he made himself 63. It was sounds so bad. Mate, it was not. I honestly don't think it was 63. Do you know what? Does it have to be Hibs related? Because Stephen Mallon being number four in Turkey and Ollie Shaw being number eight for Ross County fuck me right off. Dre Wright being number eight for Hibs has fucked me off. He's a winger. <laughs> well, hold the midfielder. In fact, I'm that's really th- annoyed me now. Number eight for a winger. Aye, I'm trying <laughs> to think. I'm, that. I'm trying to think Surely of a number. Surely better can be I'm, number eight than Dre Wright who doesn't to, even get a game and plays in the fucking wing. I'm trying to think of a, mid, like, a number where, it, where it's really fucked me off that they've been that number for Hibs. But I can't think of any. Like, I, we've no other striker that's wore number five. Or something nah. like that. Like, oh, like, was, was it Clint Dempsey who wore number Two, two Fulham. Uh, we've totally fucked this question. So, just can we just get the question again? <laughs> the most random number. Ken, what you've annoyed me, but I can't be bothered because I think we're going to be here for days thinking about it. For this week, despite his petulance and his idiocy of throwing it away, Ewan gets the victory. Congratulations, Ewan. Da, 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 da. I hope you're happy. Sad da, little da, 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 life. Da, 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 da. <laughs> And got all got the grease in the corner of a reversing dump truck without any tyres on. <laughs> Sometimes fitness doesn't pay, but this time we'll allow it. So, Ewan, congratulations. Yeah. That is a score now down to two, a two-point lead for Greg. It is 8-6. Ewan, you can wrap it up. Comeback season. Uh, aye, so, just like Hibs, I'm on the comeback trail. I am going to cruise into the win come the end of the season. Just like Hibs are going to cruise into third place, fingers crossed. Obviously, we'll be back next week reviewing the Ross County game. We'll have High Be the Week out during the week and a few other bits and pieces. So check out our Twitter page. And thanks all for listening. We'll be back next week. Cheers. Thank you.